Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. COVID-19. All right. Uh, cases are increasing internationally. We are told while numbers of new cases in Canada continue to decline and the country continues to reopen. By the way, the numbers, the total cases, 101,286 at the moment, 286 or 67 new cases, uh, total deaths, 8,430, new deaths yesterday's 20, and uh, total resolved cases, just over 62,000. Those numbers are about an hour old. So COVID-19 continues to affect every aspect of our lives, every aspect of our lives. Last night in Tulsa, Oklahoma, President Trump had a rally, and there's so many people so close to one another. We've seen all the protesting in the streets with people on top of one another. And the question is, now what? What's going to happen? What's the status of COVID-19? Dr. Isaac Bogosh is an infectious diseases specialist at Toronto General Hospital and professor of medicine at the University of Toronto. He's very good uh, to us with his time, and we have a weekly conversation with Dr. Bogosh about COVID-19. Uh, Dr. Bogosh, what are your thoughts on, uh, let me start with this one, mandatory mask wearing. This, this has been a, this has been one that's been bouncing back and forth for weeks now, but in the last couple of days with particular intensity. What's your advice to people? Yeah, certainly I think people should be wearing a mask. I really do. If you're in a, if you're going into a place, uh, where you can't practice physical distancing, you should put a mask on. It's as simple as that. That could be the grocery store, that could be a bus or a subway. Put a mask on. It's, it's, it's as simple as that. Mandating it is a bit of a different story. I definitely think it should be encouraged. I think it should be normalized. I think businesses and uh, public buildings and, and public transportation should be handing them out to make this as easy as possible, to lower the barriers to putting on a mask. Mandating is a bit of a different story. I think if you mandate it, you got to ask yourself, well, are you going to enforce this? And if so, how are you going to enforce it? Some people say fine. Some people say a finger wag and, and education. But I, many say, well, if you're not going to enforce it, that's not really a mandate. That's more of a recommendation, a strong recommendation, which is what we already have. We also have to think about geography. You know, there's a lot of, to put it bluntly, downtown Toronto centrism in here. Uh, and uh, this is a huge country, 38 million people, second largest country in the world. Manitoba has, I think at this point, about 10 cases, 11 cases are active in the province right now for the entire province. Are you going to mandate masks and enforce that in, for example, Thompson, Manitoba right now? I mean, I think you might have a tough time with that. So we have to really think about what a mandate actually is. And, and, and it's easy to say mandate masking, but implementing that is, is certainly a lot harder. I think yeah, it's a common, common sense. It should be normalized, but mandated is a big, big one. Yeah, and use common sense. Yeah, yeah. We should really go back to that. It's 
uh, works out well most of the time. And it's not exactly a novel concept, but it's not employed too frequently these days, it seems to me anyway. But maybe maybe I'm just a talk show cynic. Uh, Dr. Bogosh, what about the gatherings? It's summertime. People want to get together. You know that as well as I do. Uh, we have the, uh, the, the, in Ontario, the Circle of Ten, as you will, uh, if, if you will, or pe- ten people can have a reasonable relationship with one another in, in physical closeness. But what about gatherings themselves? Last night we saw the President of the United States in Tulsa, Oklahoma, in, a, in an arena. We've seen the protests on the streets of the United States and in Canada. When you see large public gatherings, how much concern do you have about, boy, this could be, this could turn into a really serious outbreak of coronavirus? Yeah, large. I mean, I think it's such a mistake. We know how contagious this infection is. We know how to prevent it. Stay a couple of meters apart, uh, be outside. Like there's mitigating factors. If you can't, Physical, physically distance yourself, put on a mask. And again, let's just like taking politics aside, how is it a good idea to get thousands and thousands of people together, elbow to elbow in an indoor environment, yelling and screaming? I mean, that's absurd. You could cut and paste Donald Trump with anyone else on the planet. It would still be an absurd thing to do. I can't believe that that happened. I mean, and, and here we are. Um, I'm not excusing any public gathering. I mean, obviously, I was still just as concerned as I was with the protests that we saw uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago. I thought those were, I, I mean, you just have to wonder. Forget Again, forget why people are there. It's just people are gathered in, and, and that's... It's a health issue, concerned. right? It's a public It's a public health issue. Exactly. And, and again, it's nice that in some of those protests, we saw lots of mask wearing, we saw lots of physical distancing, it was outside... <laughs> But in other, other protests, we didn't see any of that. So all I'm saying is no one should be surprised if there are cases of, of COVID-19 transmitted in any mass gathering. It just yeah, should not come to anyone's surprise. Keep in mind, this is a, this is a disease, an illness, a virus that uh, likes to jump from people to people if it has the opportunity to do so. Now, uh, if I can squeeze a couple of quick questions in for you on, uh, on vaccine and uh, a, a drug that I've heard a lot about, uh, not the, I can't even say, I still can't say it. Hydro, I can't, never mind. I can't say that word. What, yeah, dexamethasone. What about that? Oh, this is so exciting. I'm glad we could talk about this. So UK study just finished, uh, 6,000 people enrolled, 2,000 got dexamethasone, 4,000 got standard of care without dexamethasone. It was a prospective study. It was a randomized study. You had a ton of people, 6,000, like I mentioned. Unfortunately, we got science by press release, but we're told that this was very significant. People that were in the ICU, in the intensive care unit, uh, it reduced the risk of death by about a third. People who were on the hospital wards requiring oxygen, not sick enough to be in the ICU, but sick enough to be in hospital requiring oxygen, decreased their risk of death by about 20%. If this pans out, if this is the real deal, if this is reproducible in other settings, it'd be phenomenal. You could save a ton of lives with this. So this would be a huge win. The drug is cheap. It's readily available. Anyone who practices medicine in a hospital environment is comfortable using this drug. We use it all the time for other things. Uh, it's not just for Canada. I mean, you can get access to this in low-income countries as well. This would be just win-win-win across the board. All right. We'll keep an eye on that. It was high. I still can't say it. 
Hydroxychloroquine? Same. That's the one. Thank you yeah. so much. I'm, I'm, I'm going to practice it more. That's all medical um, school is, by the way. That's all we do. You just practice saying <laughs> hard words. It keeps us in business. If I can say that you can't, I, I got a job still. <laughs> well, you win. All right. And in the minute we have left, how much more do we know about COVID-19 now than we did when the pandemic was declared? And then are we, you know, I've heard everything from stand by for a vaccine in the next uh, three or four months to, hey, we'll be lucky if we have one in five years. Are we a best guess away? Is that what we're talking about, really? No, really, truly. Listen closely, July or late July, or early August. It's the Oxford University trial. I'm watching this like a hawk. This is where we're going to see, out of all the vaccines under consideration, this is where we're going to see if one actually works. It's not just looking at safety data. It's not just looking at an antibody response. They're looking to see if it actually protects people from getting the infection. It's enrolling thousands and thousands of people. Late July, early August is when we'll get results. And I don't know. We'll see. But this is, it look, the, the earlier studies look promising. So that's going to be the first of hopefully many successful trials. We know there's going to be many failures as well, but this one might be promising. Uh, that's great to hear. Hydroxychloroquine, I finally said it. Uh, Dr. <laughs> Dr. Bogosh, always good talking to you. Thank you for the time. Happy Father's Day. Thank you so much. Happy Father's Day to you too. Have a great All right. day. Take care. Dr. Isaac Bogosh, infectious diseases specialist. If you want to hear more, Subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.